Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We're joined by Basketball News is Jackson Frank. Again, you guys can always check out his stuff. Uh, great, great writer uh, when it comes to his basketball coverage. First of all, happy holidays, Jackson. Thank you for joining me. Yeah, happy holidays to you as well. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. And... You know, Jackson, we, we last talked right after the Cavaliers selected Evan Mobley, third overall in the NBA draft. And, you know, since then, the Cavs had not only, you know, really blossomed with Mobley, but they also, you know, re-signed Jared Allen to the five-year, $100 million deal and then brought in Lowry Markinen. But to start off, Evan Mobley, I know you were a fan of him pre-draft. You know, what have your thoughts been on his progress in year one and, you know, what he's really been able to show on the court already? Yeah, I think, you know, offensively, he's, he's been about what I expected. Maybe a little less, maybe. I think I thought that we might have a little more ability to score inside consistently, but he's struggled a bit with strength. But defensively, he's been even better than I thought, at least from the outset. Like, I knew he would be, like, I when I watched him as a prospect, I thought he would get to this point eventually, but I didn't think he would be someone who has a legitimate all-defensive team candidacy in year one. Um, you know, the, the eye test is incredible when you watch him play the the way he can alter and deter shots over the floor, switch on to the perimeter as well. But they look at some of the advanced metrics and he ranks really high there too. So um, I don't know if he'll make an all defense team. He might, obviously he's, he's arguably the, the key linchpin of that elite defense from the Cavs. But um, generally speaking, he's been about what I expected, if not a little better. Uh, I don't think he'll make the all-star game, but I think he's someone who is at least going to be on the, on the long list of people you talk about, you know, for that, uh, that you know that bid when when the time comes, but he's been really incredible, and um, you know probably the I don't know, the biggest reason, but you know, probably the biggest reason the Cavs are dramatically better than last year. Not like he's not the maybe you know what I mean. Like he's not he's not the only reason these the other things are helping, but his addition and how good he's been as a rookie you know, might be the biggest difference between this year and last year. Now, the other side of this, too, and, you know, I mentioned it, and we talked about his pairing before, but, you know, Jared Allen re-signs that massive five-year, $100 million deal to come back to Cleveland, and he really seems to have taken that next step. Obviously, he was already a defensive uh, stalwart down low uh, previously, but, you know, he's not only added that, but he's also added the offensive game as well. You know, he's been playing very well here as of late, obviously, on the COVID list, but, you know, when it comes to his development this year and what you've seen different from Jared Allen, you know, what have your main takeaways been from the big man with the Cavaliers? Yeah, so, you know, that that contract for me was one that I, I thought you know, was totally fine. Um, the $100 million kind of, you know, seemed like a lot to people, but also <laughs> it's $20 million, so it's not like it's not a three- or four-year deal where maybe the, 
Cat Virginia Valley was as big. I was very much a proponent of it. Um, but he's been a little, he's been notably better kind of, you know, creating for himself a little bit. He's not someone that you're going to, you know, when the Cavs need a bucket, they're not going to Jared Allen. But, you know, on a given possession in the second quarter, he catches the ball at the elbow. He can take a couple of dribbles and has that, has a spin move, a post hook. Um, so I think that's that he's got a little bit there. And then defensively, as you mentioned, he was already a very good defender, but I think he's reached a point where he's someone who is also going to, to earn consideration for an all defensive spot. He's better on the perimeter. Um, both on and off the ball. Like if they ask him to switch, he can do that pretty well because he also knows he's going to have some seven footer behind him, whether it's Evan Mobley or even Larry Markinen. Um, obviously, he prefers to be Mobley to get kind of help there. But then even when he's off the ball, he's playing the perimeter. If a guy's right, he's able to help and then also recover the shooter on the wing. Um, and then, you know, the rim protection has been incredible. So um, just notable steps forward, you know, as yeah, a little bit better with the ball at the end of the score and then more versatile defender, I think, while also doing everything inside he did previously. So, it um, wasn't like he just honed in on one area to get way better, but um, he's improved in a number of key ways that are that are critical to this Cavs team. And um, you know, he's a guy. Assuming he's able to come back, you know, fairly soon from you know health and safety protocols, uh, you know, hopefully uh, get well soon. He's a guy that I think is almost a lock for the All Star game, right? I mean, he's 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 been to my in my estimation arguably the best player on a team that's you know has a top four seed. And I don't I don't always have to say like. You know, team standings are, you know, should be a, a point or a feather in someone's cap. But um, the Cavs are, you know, a top four seed in part because of his, in large part because of his play. So he's a guy, I think, all, all things considered, if he, you know, returns to court soon, it should be making his, should be a representative for the Cavs in, in Cleveland for the All-Star game. You know, next, next right. Year this year. <laughs> yeah. And, and Jackson, even to add on to that as well, you know, you mentioned Lowry marketing in, in there too. And I know the preseason, there were a lot of people on, on, on Twitter that were kind of gi- giving the giving the Cavs a little bit of hell when it came to the big man lineup because it was unconventional. Uh, obviously, Lowry Markkinen playing the three for the Cavs with Mobley and Allen both in that starting lineup. But what have your thoughts been and what have you seen from that big man lineup on, on both sides of the ball? Yeah, so I think defensively, like, I haven't looked at the numbers recently, but defensively, I think that trio has been really good together just because, like, you know, obviously Mobley is the most mobile, I would say, uh, of those three. Um, but they all move, you know, relatively well for, for seven-footers, right? Um, and so, like, you know, when you're on the perimeter, it's like there's been so many places where I watch the Cavs, it's like, okay, someone drives past Lowry, but then Mobley steps up to help on the rotation, the pass comes over, and then boom, Jared Allen's there, and then the funnel attack to the middle, and no Mobley's there, and it was like the shot clock violation or a wild shot at the rim or, or a block. Um, and so that that's worked really well. Um, like I, I think Lowry has struggled with some things defensively, particularly off the ball and navigating screens. But you ask him to just kind of hold his own on the perimeter for for four dribbles, or you know, on a switch until he can just funnel to you know one of his all defensive caliber big man inside. <laughs> he's done that pretty well. Um, and then you know, since he came back from his own you know COVID uh, issue, you know, about a month ago, he had been pretty good shooting the ball until these last couple of games when he went three of 14 against the Bucks and then two of 12 against, against the Celtics on, on a Wednesday, but the stocking in the Celtics was such a, such a weird game. So many guys for the Cavs and even the Celtics and healthy safety protocols or, or sidelines. So can't hold that last game against him. But I think just the ability to have a guy who, you know, I think he's going to continue to get better from three as the season goes on, but a guy who can just at least command some respect from defenses, I think has helped open the floor up a little bit for, for the Cavs offensively, but I've mainly been impressed with, with Lowry's defense. I don't think he's been anything incredible, but he's done well enough to to be a, a solid, you know, a, like a neutral defender in that elite defense. So he, he deserves a lot of kudos for that. 
Yeah, and, and to be honest, too, when they made the the move initially, you know, I, I was more concerned about obviously moving off of Larry Nance, who you know was that kind of defender that would be able to kind of help out with those guys. But you know, getting back Lowry, I wasn't sure about the defensive side, but he really seems to have taken that next step when it comes to the defensive side of the ball. And you know, at that point, how, how much credit do you give? JB Bickerstaff with the way that, you know, he's been able to not only navigate this season with this team and, you know, dealing with injuries to Colin Sexton, you mentioned, you know, Lowry Markinen and even Kevin Love earlier on in the season, you know, going into COVID protocols. But, you know, the way that JB Bickerstaff has not only handled this team, but the way that this team doesn't necessarily have a drop off when it comes to certain players being out and they play that same style of basketball just about every night. Yeah. I mean, Bickerstaff deserves a ton of credit. Because, um, like, truth be told, I wasn't very infatuated by what I saw last year from particularly an offense. I just thought there wasn't there wasn't enough creative schemes. Like they would run one thing, and then if it didn't work, that's when we kind of stagnate. Um, but on both sides of the ball, I've been very impressed with what he's done. He's thrown he's thrown done a ton of different looks at defensively. They'll go zone sometimes. They'll throw mobile in the top of like a a one two two or an aggressive two three. They'll switch. They'll play drop coverage in ball screens. So um, you know. He's tailoring, he's tailoring the scheme to what the available personnel is, right? And I think that's really important for a, for a coach. And then offensively, I think there's been a lot more creative. You've seen ways for them to get Darius Garland, you know, the, off the ball, getting more, you know, more off-ball shooting reps, getting him downhill. Um, because, you know, as good as Garland is, he's still a fairly small you know, guard. And he's, he's quick, but he's not like, he's not like, it's, it's super explosive. Sometimes scoring the paint can be tough for him, even though he's improved that this year. So I like what they've done with him. I like, you know, they've run some stuff around Mobley, the ball handle this year. Um, they don't overindulge on Jared Allen's you know, ability to create. It seems like maybe four or five, six times a game, but it's not 10 to 12. So uh, he deserves a ton of credit. I think I saw a stat yesterday from someone like the Cavs are the only team maybe in the NBA to not lose a game by at least 15 points this year. And um, that may seem like a really weird stat, but then you go look at all the teams the Cavs have played this year and the injuries they've endured, whether it's Sexton missing games, Jared Allen's missed some time, Kevin Love, Okoro's missed some games. Uh, and you look at all that, and you're like, okay, that's, that's really impressive. And then they're 19 to 13. So, um, you know, I had to think about it more, but at, at the very least, J.B. Bickerstaff would be on my short list for Coach of the Year. Um, and that wouldn't just be, like, because I'm looking at the records, because I'm watching these Cavs play and all they're doing and how well he's fitting, what he, he's fitting his schemes to match the, the players that are on the floor. Now, Jackson, the other side of this, too, is that, you know, we've talked, for as much as we've talked about the big men, and, I mean, rightfully so, there's a ton of them on the roster. You, you mentioned Darius Garland and, and the way that he's been able to play so far this year and just how well he's played. You know, what do you think has led to this year three breakout from Garland, and what have you seen so far from this year where he's taken that big leap? Yeah, so I think, truthfully, you saw some of this, or a good portion of this, kind of level of play after the All-Star break last season. Um, I'm trying to pull up the numbers here quickly, but I remember after the All-Star break, um, yeah, he averaged 19-6 and six on 57% true shooting, uh, shot 40% from three, 46% from the field. Um, and so that's, you know, not quite his numbers this year. He's been, you know, a little better in a couple of regards. But generally, I think you saw, you know, this level of player. But this year, what I've noticed is he's hunting the threes more like before when he would, when they would run a high ball screen for him, he would, he go downhill and he kind of gets to that long two range and not always know what to do because he's aware that, you know, a long two with four seconds on the shot clock, even if it's open, probably isn't the shot you take right then. It's okay if there's four or five, six seconds on the shot clock, but um, let's try and figure out a better shot to get. So he would stall or he would stagnate. Now, when that happens and they give him space, he's like, okay, I'm just going to duck. I'm going to take two steps back and take that pull up three. So he's hunting threes. He's taking more threes. Um, you know, his three-point rate is up 
by a good bit this year. Um, yeah, last year about 33% of his shots were from deep. This year up to 44% of them, and he's shooting the ball better. Or not quite as well, excuse me, but um, he's always been a better finisher. You know, I think his, I don't think he's taken as many shots at the rim this year, but I think he's shown a little more craft than when he does get to the rim there. So, And then I think, you know, the passing was largely there last year, but it feels just even a little bit better this year. Like, not not exponentially so, but I think he's got a little more chemistry with Jared Allen, who saw last season as well, but um, just so seamless as delivery. He's got that great floater, too. So, um, you know, largely continuation of his post-All-Star All-Star game breakout last season, but just with a few tweaks to become even better. And, um, you know, a big thing, too, is I think he's shooting about 55% on two-pointers this year. Last year, he was at 48% as a rookie, 43%. So you're just seeing, you know, steady improvement and, you know, tweaking his approach to be the kind of lead ball handle this Cavs team needs. Jackson Frank of Basketball News joining me on the North Olmstead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Now, Jackson, last two things for me. Um, the the big one for me, especially at the beginning of the month, and obviously using COVID protocols as well. But you know, Isaac Okoro really seems to have taken that that leap over the last over his last few games uh, prior to going into protocols, but. You know, he really seems to have not only progressed as that premier defender on the outside, but, you know, on the offensive end, you're finally seeing him, you know, make those outside shots. You're seeing him get aggressive and getting to the basket. You know, what have your thoughts been on Okoro so far throughout this year? Yeah, I mean, obviously it's unfortunate when any player enters health and safety protocols, but um, and that's not to say less or more unfortunate in certain cases, but. With Okoro in particular, it was you know it was a bummer for a litany of reasons, but because of these last four games, it really felt like he was finding his stride, right? I mean, 18.5 points per game, 70% from the floor, 59% from three. Um, <laughs> obviously, those are not sustainable numbers, but I think you saw him change his approach and also the Cavs be better about tailoring possessions to maximize what he does well. It's not like they're running more and encouraging him to attack the basket on transition plays because he's such a dynamic player in space with his strength and his speed at that size and the ability to finish in the open floor. I feel like he was getting one or two or three runs a game, just easy, easy points that, yeah, maybe you, you feel like it's not replicable when you're a team like the Cavs who get so many stops and you have a great pass like Garland, you're going to be able to get quite a few transition possessions. So that felt like an important tweak. And then it's like he was attacking the bass a little more as well. And so I am curious to kind of see where eventually over the next two or three years he leveled out as a shooter. Um, because I, I do think he's someone that can at least reliably knock him down at a league average rate. And even if the teams don't guard him a ton there still, I think it's one of those things that you, he opens a game two of three and that fourth time the ball swings his way in the corner or the wing, the defense actually closes out and he shot fakes and he drives and he gets the rim because it's a good finisher or such a good driver as well. So uh, it just felt like he wasn't being used in the corner as much. Like there was, there were a lot, you know, maybe the last couple of few games right before um, this this breakout from him, like I recall the Milwaukee game they lost uh, on the 6th of November, or December, excuse me, like the Bucks just dared him to take shots and they sagged off him a ton. The Cavs offense struggled. And then it felt like from there, the Cavs were kind of like, okay, teams are really not guarding, you know, a core on the corner anymore. Let's not put him in the corner. Let's put him in better positions. So um, obviously the, the shooting is unsustainable, but I think the process has been encouraging and that is re- replicable. And that's really what you're looking for. Uh, you know, with a, with a young guy like him, because I think, you know, he's, re- he's already so good defensively. He doesn't have to be some, you know, huge plus offensively, right? He just has to be good enough to, to play for 30 minutes a night and go, guard the, the opposing team's best perimeter creator. So um, these last few games were encouraging, even if not quite sustainable given the level efficiency. But the process is replicable, like I said, and that's really, really important. And last but not least, and I'll get you out of here on this one, what do you think is the ceiling for the rest of the season for this Cavaliers team? 
Oh man. Um, I mean, I, I mean, I think like, I really do think, and maybe like trying to balance, I mean, trying to balance, I've thought about it a lot. <laughs> I've watched some of them and I've, I've, you know, I've obviously been a proponent of this young core dating back to last season as well. I, I think this team could get to the Eastern Conference Finals. I, I want to say, like, I want to go a step further, but I do worry a little bit, as much as I like Garland as a player, I do worry a little bit about some of the time he struggled with traps and aggressive defenses, and I think that's what you'd see from a lot of these higher-level opponents. And so then I would worry kind of where the Cavs go for offense in, in big moments. Um, but I do think there's a team that can win multiple playoffs here. They legitimately do. They've been... They're 19 and 13. They had so many injuries. They played so many good teams. I know that injuries and whatnot have been, you know, afflicted a lot of teams, but it hasn't all come in conjunction with the, the strength of schedule the Cavs have had to endure either. So um, I, I think this is a team that could be one of the, you know, like a Final Four team, which sounds like we're thinking in the NBA, but, you know, what I do in the sense they can make the Commerce Finals. So um, can't quite go farther than that until I see more, more, like, until I have more confidence in Garland handling aggressive ball screen coverage a little better and just because they don't really have another great score, even though Jared Allen's improved, but um, that can be proven wrong. You know, I think Mobley has already shown a little more than he did on day one. So um, I'll take conference finals for now, but I would gladly be proven wrong. Uh, it's just a kind of a matter of can this team create enough offense if team, if opposing teams still out to get the ball away from Darius Garland. And right now I'm a little dubious of that, but I think that could certainly change over the next three or four months. Jackson Frank, as always, does a great job. Make sure you check out his work. Follow him on Twitter at JackFrank underscore JJF. Jackson, thank you so much for for talking to me, man. I know we talked back in July. Hopefully we're talking again in April and we're having some good news at least. Yeah, absolutely. I I think at the very least we'll have some sort of good news. I mean, the Cavs, you know, they'll make the playoffs. I feel pretty confident about that. So I think we'll have some fun stuff to talk about in the the spring. But I appreciate you having me on. I always, always enjoy talking Cavs. They're a wonderful team. Of course, of course. And again, Jackson Frank joining me on the North Olmsted Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.